that out in the background not sure what that was i recognize the voice kind of like some of the lyrics but uh yeah you get me instead feels like cheating i'm recording inside the car while i'm at bluffers park it's a gorgeous day i see my bench might be vacant again yeah so i can re i'll I'll get out there in a minute i'm parked in that special diagonal slot where out my uh, passenger window, I'm looking at the inlet where I watch all the boats come and go. And then straight out the front windshield is, uh, you know, the the open bay and the brick wall, the beautiful stone wall, I should say, that they've uh, that they've fixed up. It is a gorgeous view. It always is. It's always a lovely park. It came up at our men's group meeting. Um, Tuesday, a meeting I had forgotten about, 10 o'clock comes and I get a message on my computer saying, time for a men's group, and I panic. I go, oh my God, I forgot. And I try to log on. I can't find the link, the connection, and boy, it takes me a, a few minutes. Or maybe not that long, but it seemed, well, two minutes, yeah, I'm sure, to realize, no, we don't do it online anymore. We meet in person. Holy shit, it's 10. It started at 10. So I raced upstairs, grabbed a shower, changed and raced the hell over there, and uh, joined them by 10.45, so that's not bad. It's in, still in Scarborough, or eh, maybe it's in Toronto, off, um, uh, you know, the Don Valley area. Okay, Don Valley Parkway, I mean. Damn, wasp, get out, get out, get out, get out, get out. They smell the coffee. I've got my um, McCafe iced coffee, medium size. They taste really good before all the ice starts melting. And uh, so that's what we're starting with today. By the way, welcome to the one after 909. This is it. And um, I've, I've got a topic I want to explore I mean, I don't know how many people even really listen carefully to the words or whether this is just in the background, but I, I guess it's its more to myself anyway. I, I, I'm trying this method of recording, talking, to... Well, sometimes it's just to clear my head, to dump the crap out. Uh, but other times it's to hear... force myself to make words... To express something I'm not sure how I feel about, uh, you know. And today's subject, well, of course, <laughs> no surprise there, it's me! 
Yeah, me. But more of, I guess, yeah, it's the old who am I. But more to the point, am I really the person part of me fears I might be, which is very selfish. I won't say inconsiderate, but always, always, always putting myself first. And I know that's a survival skill sometimes I pride myself on. It's got me through life. It's got me where I am. You know, there's some aggression in there. Without which, you know, life can be tough. You could be, you could be working for somebody and swallowing your pride and being miserable, and I haven't done that. But I think there's a part of me that's just not very nice. And maybe that's true of all humans. I mean, it is. You know, at root, we are these nasty animals. It got to the top of the heap through cruelty, basically. But as an individual within a society, you know, and especially somebody with all the privilege I've had of growing up white, middle-class Canadian, surely I could be a little nicer, kinder, gentler, more loving than I am now. I know you've probably... This may be a familiar tune some of you have heard before, but I, I struggle with that. I really do. It's Is there a layer of phoniness to me? The friends I pick and I choose, do I do it for selfish reasons? Do I do it because... I can probably get these people to like me and therefore it's a win, it's a plus on my side. In other words, is there some insincerity to my friendships? I hope not. I, I sincerely hope not. But I, I, I'm forced to wonder, I'm forced to question my, my motives, my behavior. I do get exposed sometimes for what some people think I am, and I don't always want to hear it. So, I guess I'm, I'm probably going to just park this for a bit. I, I, that, I've opened it up, I've opened up the topic. It, it may seem... Uh, well, I hope there's nothing insincere about it. I, I mean, some of this is connected to a talk I had at, uh, at, um, in Hamilton. I mean, there's the, just the gathering together, hanging around, having drinks, Saturday night party. Less drinking than we used to do, less partying than we used to do. And fewer drinkers than there used to be in tokers. But that aside... Um, there's time 
for some good conversations. And I did have one with Oliver, which I've mentioned, uh, Mr. Rockside. Um, and it was to do with the, the nature of, of the self and knowing yourself. And his conviction that we don't change. We just learn to accept ourselves for who we are, what we are. But uh, you you reach a certain point in life where you just accept it. That's the way it is. That's the way it's the hard wiring. It's the way I am. I'm not going to change. I'm not going to be different. And I've never wanted to go that route. I've always wanted to go with that 60s, you know, hey, man, it's all about personal growth and change and and, uh, spiritual advancement and understanding and, and maybe more compassion and caring and, and you know, tapping into a deeper love inside you, I, that, all that stuff. But I'm having to question that, if that's really true, if, if if I'm even getting there, or is everything I do driven by selfish, self-serving needs? And and boy, that's a hard one. That that's this is not this is not fun to explore because you want to think, yeah, man, I'm a nice guy. Yeah, I love you. When I blurted out, I love Brent, and Brent loves me at the uh, at Podcamp, or sorry, MMPR. I meant it at that moment in that time. There was nothing fake. That was not rehearsed. That was not. I mean, I was high, and I was just whatever came out of my mouth came out of my mouth. I wasn't. Uh, I wasn't really in control. And when I said, look around the room, you know, this interesting, amazing collection of people, because it was a room full of unique people, self-selected. We chose to be there. We chose to go. We chose to hang out. And at the time, I thought, wow, look at these people. Now, of course, you could find fault with every single individual in that room, self-included, of course. That nobody is perfect. Everybody has their faults. That is that is what it is to be human. We are not some perfect thing. We're this very complex thing that's evolved. And I, I'm thinking back as I was driving down here, reflecting on this down to Bluffords Park. Um, in the old days... Somebody said, well, he's, just, he's just a mean, nasty old man. People just accept it. Yeah, that's the way he is. He's not going to change, you know. There's the, the thought of changing, of being somebody different from who you, who you are, or who you act, how you act, that, that you could change that or there was even necessary to change. No, that's just who he is, what he is. And now I think we have this this movement that's been around for a long time of, of personal growth and maybe even a kind of evolution of the self where you can be a better person, you can learn from your mistakes, you can be more compassionate. Is that is that a natural thing or is that just some hocus pocus? No, not, not, not sorry, not that word. Some hippy dippy crap that I bought into long ago. You know, like the way some people buy into religion. I bought into all that spiritual Carl Rogers on becoming a person, you know, I mean, full wholeheartedly. And, and I, I don't want to give that up. But I, I guess it's, 
I, I came to the realization, I've come to the realization more than once, but again, recently, that sometimes I'm just not very nice. And I want to change that. I want to correct that. I want to be kinder, more loving, gentler, more patient. And yet I'm the kind of guy, if it's not in my shoelace, my answer is not to look at it carefully, use reason, use a scientific mind, think about where the knot is, what has to be pulled to loosen it, to undo it, what tools might be required for the job, you know, the prong of a fork work to just pull that knot out a little bit and loosen it. No, I'm the kind of person who says, ah, fuck, goddamn fucking shoelaces, God damn it. And I just pull hard and harder and make that all worse. That's, that's me. That's the default. That's where I go. God damn, I'm, I'm, I'm getting impatient with myself because will this absolve me of my sins? You know, my confession, will this make it better? Or is it possible to change? That's what I'm asking. Question, boys and girls, throwing it out to you. I never, seldom ever get answers. Although there, I did have some interest from the last podcast about, ooh, maybe a hat would be a neat idea if you're selling those. I got a bunch of them, believe me. Uh, but we're not going there. That's not the topic today. We'll get back to that. Scarborough dude, I'm going to, uh, I don't know what I'm going to do. I mean, here's the que- here's the other question. How do you really think when you're alone? And I tried this on the bus when I was coming back, and I'd taken the streetcar coming back from uh, Grossman's on that Saturday night, Sunday morning, one in the morning, I'm on a streetcar, the worst possible way I could have chosen to go home, the slowest way. And I was still high from the gummy and the toke. And I asked myself, Ken, who are you? I did that. I did that. I did that exercise as I was alone on the bus because I was frustrated. Like, why? John's gone one way. Lisa's gone another way. I insisted on going this way. And now I'm kind of thinking, oh, I made a stupid choice. And I thought, well, while I'm here on the bus alone with no distractions, who are you? And I, you can't find an answer. You, it, it's, there's, there's, what do you answer? Oh, you know, is there an answer? It's always changing. You know, do you just sort of accept and forgive and move on or, or what? I, I, there, there was no answer. Who are you? And yeah, I believe that you redefine yourself with every action. It is your actions that count. It is the things you do, not the things you say. And you want to be a nicer person, be a nicer person. And so that, that, that's maybe the answer. It's that simple. Yeah, you want to change? Change. Be in each moment, in each opportunity. Before you react, maybe just try and think just a little bit. Just stay calm for a moment. Enter that moment and think, okay, what would be the right thing to do? Not the selfish thing, not necessarily the self-serving thing. The kind thing, the gentler thing, the thing that would make another person feel better. That's what it comes down to, because you're, you're nobody in isolation. It doesn't count. 
And that's why I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm sitting alone in my car now talking, holding up a handheld mic and talking. But, in fact, I like to think I'm sharing this. I'm reaching out. I'm putting myself out there and hoping somebody else might pick up on this thread and think, yeah, sometimes I wonder that too. Who am I? Or maybe somebody has an answer. Dude, you're asking the wrong question. Feedback welcome, as always. Not expected, as always. But, uh, yeah, all right. I'm just going to shut up now, stop the words, and just see if I can have a few moments of introspection and think about what else I should be doing. Skybird Dude signing off from Bluffers Park, sitting in my car, going to finish my uh, McCafe iced coffee, and uh, who knows what's next. Bye for now. The night's good when you feel like a child When people tell us we need to straighten out I'm gonna walk right across this town Yelling your name and I'll wait for you to come on down Have you had yourself a good time for a while lately now? There's gonna be dancing and there's gonna be a fight Yes, who's gonna be there for you And you're too long to know what the hell you do Uh, in the afternoon, it is a Friday, and I guess it is uh, September 2nd. Yeah, September 2nd. Boy, it's starting to feel like fall already. There's uh, cooler air this morning, which was nice. I mean, I love it. And I know when I go camping next week, uh, it's going to feel cooler, which is also very nice for camping. I just hope it... Oh, my God. The sun has just broken through. Uh, hang on, i got to learn to pause this. Now, is it a stop or is it a pause? Hang on, we're going to try pausing. Yeah. <laughs> okay, finally. <laughs> How many years I've been using this? I, I got the right button that time. Um, but the other issue is, no matter how many times... I experienced this, like seeing something incredibly beautiful. It's a light on the leaves, basically. Uh, 
and think, oh, I got to capture that. And it just doesn't translate. It's just seeing with the naked eye in real time because of the changing sun. There's a, it's a maple and it's, it's over a creek and there's just one low hanging branch. Oh my God, it's all around me. It's stunningly beautiful. It's just alive. You know, I wonder if the time I took acid with Glenn and felt the life flowing through the leaves, like felt those leaves are alive, like they're almost talking to me. This is life. I wonder if that forever changed me. And uh, when I see something like this, I, um, I'm seeing it. I know it's not the same. I'm not, I'm not hallucinating. And I don't feel that trembling life the way I did on that trip. But maybe it just makes me look a little more intensely. Oh, it's just so beautiful. God damn. And especially against the dull surroundings. Like I'm sitting in, in deep shade with, you know, mud at my feet and a kind of a shallow uh, stream that's not a, a clear running babbling brook. Uh, so the contrast of suddenly these leaves is bright yellow. Anyway, yeah, okay, I've taken a couple of pictures. It looks good. It looks good. <laughs> it, was worth the, uh, it was worth the interruption. Plus, I got to try out whether I know how to pause a podcast without stopping it. All right. The New Left, according to uh, Sam Harris and so many other people, is composed of a lot of wealthy white folks. This is in the States they're talking about, but perhaps it's much broader than that. Um, who are more focused on race issues and gender and much less on poverty. That's a very bold statement to make, but I'm—I don't know. It's—I'm—I'm I'm thinking maybe that's not untrue. That these other issues have become the forefront, and and that's why they're losing a lot of support that they would have, and that it should—you know—poverty is the bigger issue here. Um, but boy, I know people would shout, shoot me down for that, so we'll just park that. That's just—I'm looking at. Uh, notes I've made. Um, there was, I, I, I began this podcast sorting out who am I or trying to, and didn't make any progress whatsoever. But coincidentally, the next day, Sam Harris released another podcast on uh, status. And I found it very interesting, and mainly focusing on status games and how we all play them. And I've known this before, the games people play. That was a famous book. I probably got it in my library. Um, and just that we're, we're caught up in it. We're continually, and it's something I do and wish I could evolve beyond that, evolve beyond that, move beyond that. Um, but I'm there and it's this continual comparison of yourself in relation to others. And where do I stand in relation to these people? And he broke it down. It was a very well-researched book and very, very interesting. He broke it down to three main areas of status. One is pure dominance, uh, and that's made up of a lot of aggression, and that's people just want to have it. It's almost a physical thing where you just, you're using almost brute force to establish your status as, as dominant, and it's power and it's male-oriented. There's another status game, 
So that's one. The other status game is by virtue. And you mentioned people like the Dalai Lama. And interestingly enough, um, Michelle Obama as being so virtuous that you, 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 you know, she's just right up at the top planting a vegetable garden in the White House and, uh, you know, things like that that would keep her and, and just taking the high road rather than giving in to uh, baser responses to the things that have been said about them. Um, so that's a second type, uh, playing the virtue game. And then the last one is just success. Um, and it's being good at what you do. And, and the uh, writer, whose name I don't have, um, was championing, 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 championing this one. Uh, because this is what moves man forward that we, he said, for example, the people who, um, came up with the, um, uh, drugs to help, uh, curtail, uh, the series of, you know, um, diseases and viruses that were going through COVID and so on, that they got their names on the cover of a magazine, because we wanted to, you know, celebrate them and, and show them thank you, thank you what, for all your work and what you've done. So they really, you know, they come out right up on top for those people. And we tried to recognize the nurses and doctors and technicians in hospitals who have been working uh, overtime throughout these very difficult times. So that was, um, that was the virtue, um, uh, sorry, the success game that all of us want to play at. We want to be good at what we do. Uh, Dave uh, Broadbeck just posted that he got a uh, a teaching recognition award, I guess, to Algoma University. And, of course, he was very pleased and named all the people who got him there and all the support. And, and that is a wonderful thing, a wonderful bit of recognition that you can... It makes you feel good, and that that's why we play these status games because we need it for our own self image to to make ourselves feel good so it was just an interesting exploration, but it it's still you know uh, something that you you know it can work both ways because you're constantly evaluating yourself in relation to others, and it's always moving up and down up and down in relation depending on what room you're in and who you're interacting with. I think the other thing he pointed out is we're we're all involved in various tribes and circles. And so the, you have a different status within each one. Like, for example, I like to think I've got pretty good status within the Canadian podcasting system. I, I wear that proudly, and I, I do what I can to keep it going, you know. I mean, the there's this image or, or a short video clip of me when I was banned from the uh, the place in Kingston uh, because I was walking around the perimeter with a beer and uh, the security didn't like that. And that boosted my status. It got played and replayed and um, so on. So these are things, you know, that we, we sometimes, I mean, often, maybe, well, I guess the question would be to what degree is it conscious and what degree is it unconscious or subconscious that we do these things. Anyway, it was... It kind of a, it was a neat follow-up to this whole thing about uh, self-image and, and who am I and uh, and how we continue uh, to work on that. We can't eliminate this status urge. It is part of a revolution. It, it's, it's what moves us forward. We want within that tribe, even of very primitive people, we want to be the good hunter, the 
the good cook, the the one who can figure things out, the you know follow the the heavens or the moon and so on and and share that knowledge or pass it on or not share it so that you keep that status right okay so enough we'll just park that what else we do we measure our status especially by those we hold in high status yes if there's people like this if we, <laughs> so many of us when we go to podcamp toronto we've immediately dismissed and dissed all the marketers, and and so we don't care what they think about if they listen to our podcast or don't, or what their opinion is of us, because we have absolutely such a low opinion of them, um, and that sort of reinforces reinforces our own status because hey, we're not monetizers, you know, uh, <laughs> we're above that. And it, it allows us to sort of look down on them and thereby raise ourselves, our own status. Okay, I'll, I think I'll just pack that up. It, it's a podcast, well, like anything by Sam Harris, it is worth listening to. Uh, we become the games we play, all right. Um, anyway, so let's see. Status, feeling, being valued in groups, okay. Constant checks and balances to keep status down. That's right. If somebody's status rise a little too high, um, people, even he was going back to a very primitive man, would do something to not let that person's status get quite so high that they're above all others. It, it uh, you know, you want to humble people sometimes. All right, I think that's it. Morphic resonance. I don't. I think I'll skip this whole thing altogether. It's a link somebody sent. Uh, but basically, it was a, a scientist c- confronting institutional conformity. He had some wild ideas about plants. And how they have morphogenetic fields that contain memory or somehow pass memory on so that plants know what to do. And it's beyond the, the uh, DNA. And he's saying scientists, they all called him a quack. And they said, no, it's, everything is in DNA. And he's saying, no, there is something that might transcend that. But uh, uh, scientists, well, anyway, we'll just we'll skip that. Okay, I got nothing else. That's it. That's it for notes. Um, back to the here and now, I uh, was sitting on the deck, it's uh, so beautiful, and I've got two spots, one in full sun, and the other in the shade under the maple tree that, um, I just posted a, a picture of Yuki in the shade of that maple tree, and there it's just, oh god, it's nice, in the recliner, you know, these are these anti-gravity chairs, but as I lay there, I I told myself, no, Ken, you know, I'm getting less and less exercise. I'm just so physically inactive. And that comes easy for me. And I knew I had to make a little effort. So that's why I am now talking to you from the park, Cedar Bray, Cedar Brook Park. Okay, um, I've got the book with me that I keep talking about, Go See the Movie in Your Head. I'm not at all impressed with it, but... <laughs> I'm going to make an effort because he guarantees, I mean, he just says, no, hey, this is really going to, this is really going to work. You know, if you can read this chapter too, um, gosh, I've already gone, what will it do? Um, Anyway, he makes all kinds of promise that you will know yourself. So he gave a little exercise and the first one was, I'll read it to you and I'm going to ask you to try it. Um, All right, you should, okay. Okay, so he's saying, 
If you answer the questions and follow along with his book of what he's doing, it will help you how you define yourself in relation to others, how you feel others define you, uh, the kinds of conflicts involved if you're ready to face conflicts and resolving conflicts with the age of imagery. So he's just saying it's all about these images that you make in your head. And he's very much anti-behaviorist uh, of the school of De Brabeck. Um, and just that, you know, behaviorists don't give much regard to Freud and, and images and imagery. It's It's all this, you know... Uh, stimulus response and he he's going in no no these are these we we see pictures in our mind and they can tell us a lot so here's the first exercise let's try another imagine imaginary imagery no it's not imaginary it's imagery imagery exercise right now sit back relax close your eyes i'm talking to you listeners i want you to do this now Imagine you are a walnut. A walnut. What do you see? What do you do? What do you feel? Okay. I'll give you a little time. You're a walnut. What do you see? What do you do? And what do you feel? Okay, you could hit the pause button or just carry on with me. Um, as soon as he said that, I, my first reaction is, oh, for Christ's sake, I can't imagine I'm a walnut. What a stupid, I, that's not possible. And then I went on and imagined myself a walnut. And it was very interesting because, at least mine was anyway, I really wanted out. I did not like being trapped inside a walnut. I didn't like where I was. I just wanted out. I wanted to be free of the confines of the walnut. And it's interesting because he, when he examines it later, how did you feel as a walnut? Did you get a feeling of being closed in? Or were you feeling safe within the shell? This image could be telling that you feel threatened by the outside world and want to be insulated from it. It could, on the other hand, suggest that you're feeling trapped by life circumstances and want to break out. As you can see, when you explore your unique reactions to this image, you begin to get some perspective on what's happening inside of you. Okay, I'm going to leave it there. Now, i got to tell you something. Um, because when I imagined myself as a walnut, I was already out of the shell and I still wasn't happy. I was only imagining the raw walnut. I was looking at all the wrinkles and everything else. Uh, that a walnut has. I, I don't particularly like walnuts either. So just just saying, I was not in that shell, that safe, protective shell. So that, that says something too. You know, how did you imagine yourself as a walnut? So I hope you boys and girls listening to the Dixon Chains podcast, every week, I should remind you, every week, even though it all sounds the same to some of you, it's not. It's different. Different words every week. We know that. Okay. He goes on, does a lot about Freud, and I think he moves to another exercise. Uh, but I, I guess I'm going to just leave it there for now. Um, okay, that was, was that about the walnut, or is that another one? No, no. No, no, here's a new one. Okay, I'm going to give you one more, and then we're going to put this book away. Okay, you ready for one more? So I need you to relax. 
I need you to sit back. Take a deep breath. Let it out. Feel comfortable. Maybe, you know, just move your arms a little bit just to get the crinkles and wrinkles out. And now, I want you to imagine you are looking through a magnifying glass. What do you see? What do you do? What do you feel? Okay. If you're not ready, you can hit the pause button, but I'm going to motor on. Um, All I could see, in my case, this is me, not you. This is me, and the whole idea is you're going to be different from mine, all right? And in fact, every listener of this podcast, I would hope... If you did the exercise, some of you, of course, I don't imagine Anthony Marco actually did that. He was listening too fast and didn't have time. But those of you who actually listen, let's say uh, Jason in Tennessee, maybe. Maybe Michael, when Michael eventually catches up. Um, you know, who knows? Maybe uh, maybe even Doug. I don't know. Um, Penelope? So the magnifying glass, all I saw was an ant, and he was moving, and he was just going to move right out of the frame of my magnifying glass. Like, it, it just didn't stand still. And I was uncomfortable with the image because the ant represented some purposeful activity. It was busy. It had things to do. It had to be get going. And here's me lying back in my very comfortable recliner, feeling a little guilty. That's why I'm out now in the park. And so that ant represented, hey, that's the world, buddy. That guy's moving. That guy's doing things. You can't just be sitting here. So that was my take, right? It was an Andy, and he would not stay under the thing. I could not just sit there and examine him at my leisure. No, there there was a busy world. There was things out there. There was another world out there. Okay, so we're done with that. I'm not going to do any more. Thank you. I'm, I'm glad. This is one of the $1 books I got in Windsor, remember? Everything has a reason. Just having breakfast that last day, and uh, Shane points out, hey, there's a bookstore across the street. Yeah, I want to go. And I uh, read those two books in World War Two, and now this, and uh, here we are. Uh, by the way, um, oh, my God, we're 20 minutes already. Well, that's okay. Tomorrow I'm meeting Sue's Muse at the Only Cafe, so you'll hear a little bit about that in the, the wrap-up. But um, I just wanted to bring you a little bit up to date on uh, some of the things I'm trying to get a start on. Um, I mentioned I had got letters from my cousin. Well, I dictated one using the, um, uh, you know, um, little voice recorder uh, of a letter that I wrote from Spain. I don't know. Maybe I've already mentioned that. And I was just so happy to bring back in vivid detail uh, the week that I spent with my wife on this little, um, wasn't even a village. It, there was a, it was like a, a garage, a, a building on the on a cliffside, not even in a town, run by some French hippies, French Swiss hippies, uh, with no food or anything else. We had to walk half a mile into town to get any food and drinks, but we did that every day, and it, it was just wow. Nelko was twenty five at the time, and. Uh, this was part of our European adventure, and that was sort of the turning point after that week in Spain in this little village where they filmed the westerns, spaghetti westerns. Um, I realized we had to start beginning to plan our, our route back from Europe to Vancouver. Remember, we've already come across from Japan 
via ship to uh, Vladivostok and across all of Siberia and then into Europe. And now we're still working on ways that she can meet my parents. We just happened to do it the long way. Um, so there we were in Spain realizing, okay, now I've got to start making longer plans for getting to Vancouver and then buying a car and driving across the country from Vancouver to Ottawa to finally meet my parents. Now, with that, interestingly enough, I also got out my video camera, our camcorder, Sony camcorder, second one I bought. First one was about $2,000. Oh, my God. Um, this one can play high 8 and also the the 8 millimeter recording videotapes, video cassettes. And I need to digitize some of those now. And I think there's a way if I can connect to my computer, I can. But however, I started playing back images of my boys when they were six and eight years old, playing in the living room, playing in the basement, chatting with each other and chatting to me. And that was just, that was wonderful to see that. Ah, I have pictures of my boys of that time. And then on one particular CD, or uh, tape cassette, video cassette, there was um, images a video of my parents' 50th wedding anniversary, which we had organized for them in uh, Kempville, my brother's hometown. Their 50th anniversary invited their friends and relations and family, and it was a big deal. And uh, I put together a, a, a audio background of all music from the time, starting with, I think, Black Bottom and stuff from the 20s and 30s and 40s. Uh, that just kept on, and 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 uh, photo images that went through. I'd scanned all the photos and put together. So this is going back. This is 1989, I guess. And I put together a slideshow of all the photos of them and the music in the background. Uh, which so I was using technology back then and and productively. And anyway, I was able to capture a couple of images. Because there is a, uh, a stick, a memory stick that goes with the camera, and you can actually snap and capture an image of the mo- from the moving tape. And uh, I got an absolutely beautiful one of uh, my mother, my father, and my dear wife Naoko. Um, just she was probably pregnant with Kenji at that time, uh, and was able to send him the picture. And so there's another thing, right? The, the one with letter from. Uh, Gosh, the letter would have been 87, 86, I guess. Uh, no, no, yeah, yeah, 87, traveling across Europe. And then this 89, two years later, we're in Canada, and we're at my parents' 50th, and there's a still image of my wife with long, wild hair. It's quite wonderful. And uh, then, so, oh, yeah, and then some slides, scan some slides, of, uh, you know, one of our camping trips back in, uh, you know, sometime back then in B.C. when we camped out in the rain so often. Uh, just treasures from the past, but I'm, I'm starting all this talk. I'm actually doing something about it. I'm starting to find ways of where is this material and how can I get it in a form that can be passed on. I was able to send that letter to my son. I was able to send a picture of his mother that he, of course, would have never seen. Here's his mother as a, you know, 25-year-old, or what was she in 89? You know, 27-year-old by then. Anyway, it's all good. 
So I'm I'm feeling a little better. I I do have ups and downs, you know, of just some days I just get very much down on myself. And now reading a little bit about this or hearing about this uh, status game, I can say, yeah, okay, that is something I do. You know, somebody does something good. And uh, right away I do a comparison. No, I'm lower than that, higher than that. I've, I've talked about this before, but I've never seen it as clearly as I do now. And it's a stupid, stupid game, but you get trapped by them. And, and don't tell me you don't, because you do. So uh, I, I wish people, I wish there was a way of people sending me comments. Dude, I heard your show. Uh, yeah. You make me feel happy because I always know when I listen to you, I, my status goes up a little bit, you know. That's, sorry, that's a bad joke. But maybe it does, you know. And in fact, no, I, no, it wasn't a joke. One of the things I'm trying to do with this podcast is to show my own frailty so that you will not necessarily feel better than me, but that you will recognize, yeah, it's okay to be frail and make mistakes and own up to your own shortcomings. And that's what I try to do on the Dixon James podcast. So there we go. God damn. 26 minutes. Time to shut her down. Scarborough Dude signing out. I may be playing another song from the past. Okay, here's one more connection. One more thread. There's this song by Mekong. What's going on, Mekong? Do, 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 do. That keeps coming up uh, on my random shuffle plays. And I love it so much. And uh, I'd like to share that with you. So I think I'm going to try and drop that in right now. Because it really, really turns me on. Scarborough Dude, standing out from uh, Cedarbrook Park. Ah, there's an old couple walking arm in arm, just barely moving, but they're out for their daily exercise. Yeah. Bye for now.
No time to waste. I've uh, given myself 10 minutes to take this podcast up to the one-hour mark. So um, here we are. Thompson Park on an overcast uh, Sunday, Sunday before Labor Day. And the park is packed. This is Thompson Park. I guess as events, I see crowds of people under the pavilions. They have like picnic areas you can reserve. So it's a real community park. And the lot is full. Unbelievable. Anyway, that doesn't matter. It's not really important and I wasted time telling you that. Um, I did not play that song, Mekong, What's Going On, Mekong, that I love so much. And instead put in uh, a couple of songs by Alabama Shakes. I was trying to get songs from my old uh, iPhone 5 onto my MacBook Air. Impossible. Apple just doesn't let you do it. There was a workaround, bit of software you could have on trial, and that allowed me to upload the songs I wanted, up to 40, I think, and then you have to start paying. So that was good that it was out there and I could get these songs in because the recordings, there's, just, there's about 2,100 recordings on that iPhone that I don't have anywhere else. I mean, I've I've just gone through so many uh hardware systems, this stuff gets lost. I think I had somewhere backed up all my music. Anyway, 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 not important either. What's important was last night, yesterday, uh, meeting Sue's Muse at 3 o'clock. Sue's Muse and, bonus, bonus, Ninja at the Only Cafe at 3 o'clock. I got there a little bit early, walked in, and that front table with, you know, the Formica, you know, kitchen table, that we used to always sit at, but it's been difficult since this place has become so much more popular. You can't get that. It was empty. I grabbed it, and the door was open right out onto the sidewalk, onto the Danforth. Uh, only problem, you know, the wasps could come and go. They like the smell of your beer, and uh, so a few wasps buzzing around, but nobody got stung, so it was, it was fine. And uh, just shortly after I arrived, there's Ninja. And uh, you might know her under a different name, but she does a podcast. Uh, Gosh, what was the name of her podcast? Can't tell you right now. Ask me if you're interested. Um, I hadn't seen her outside of, like, uh, podcamps and um, pabs and so on for some time. So it was wonderful to catch up and talk about uh, things. Like, she asked, what's MMPR? How do you get on that invite list? Hey, Anybody's welcome, but it, we did, it did raise the discussion that it is a small, kind of insular group that's limited in terms of how far, how much more it can expand, really, in terms of numbers. Like, it'll never be a pub can or even a pub size, uh, but, you know, we talk about getting more people coming in, so maybe we've got to spread the word a little more, because uh, she would be a good addition, but um, she probably wouldn't come. <laughs> yeah, all right, anyway, and then, of course, Suze Muse came all the way from Etobicoke. Suze Muse of Ottawa, but was in Etobicoke. Took an Uber and had a good conversation and showed up in good spirits. So um, there was a nice three-way conversation going on and very, very enjoyable. Now, strangely enough, 
as I'm putting on my attire, I'm very conscious of what I wear these days. You know, I, I'm a bit vain, my father was, and I just, you know, I, I like to look neat, you know, and I, I match my socks and my underwear and my, my shirts and everything. Uh, I just do, okay? You know, hey, leave me alone. It's okay that I do that, you know. You don't want to. I mean, a lot of people just look like shit when they get older and they don't care, and that's, a, that's not a good sign. Anyway. Hang on, I got iced coffee going here. I still like it. This is the McDonald's one dollar iced coffee. I go for the medium, buck thirty with tax. Yeah. So I reach into my drawer, deciding what shirt am I gonna, what's gonna go with my blue jeans today? I'm gonna get a blue shirt. And I reach in, and I think I'm pulling out my Newfoundland. Uh, t-shirt, which is a nice one, Rapid Newfoundland, I mean, nothing special, you know, but uh, yeah, that's a good, it's comfortable, I know it's a good fit, but instead, it turns out, no, 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 that's my Zen and the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance t-shirt, the special one that Yasser made for me and gave me, totally to my surprise, blew me away, just showed up at my 70th birthday party at the Eden House, just down the road from where I am, the only, and, um, Gave it to me. Oh. So I pulled it out, and I thought, well, gosh, I'll wear that one. And then while I'm putting it on, I'm thinking of Yasser. You know, I haven't seen him for so long. I don't know if he's in Pakistan, Colorado, or Toronto, mostly, or anywhere in between, because this guy moves. This guy moves a lot. You can't pin You just don't know. Where, where's Yasser going to pop up? I don't know. I don't know. Don't keep in touch much. In my whole life, I've we've probably only met in person. We figured last year it was maybe about six times. Oh, I gave away the punchline here. So anyway, I put this on and I send out a tweet. You know, I don't know where you are or if you're pissed off at me for whatever reason. You haven't been in touch, but I'm going to be in the only cafe from three o'clock today on. So get to the only. I'm involved with uh, Sue's. I pop myself a very nice little um, gummy. What's left of a gummy? I guess it was a half a gummy of the ones that I sometimes find a little too powerful, pop that, and, uh, you know, gradually, okay, yeah, conversation's getting interesting, yeah, that's fun, oh, yeah, hmm, tuned in, tuned in, um, stepped out uh, a little later on. Now, we find out that Ninja doesn't drink, so she nursed a, a very nice uh, herb, hibiscus tea or something, and that was fine. In fact, it looked beautiful. The color of her tea was was one of the most exciting things on the table that day. Uh, so uh, she left, five-ish, and uh, Susan and I carry on. Still got lots to talk about. And then suddenly, yeah, you know, you already know the answer. Yasser shows up. Bam, there he is. By this point, I have just stepped outside the front. I have just wolfed down. Wolf down? Can you wolf down a toque? I don't think so. I have just puffed down a few tokes. You know, I'm not I'm not going to mess around here. I'm going to have a few. I come back in. I'm really high at this point because the brownie is doing its job as well, or the gummy, I mean. And bam, there's Yasser in all his splendor. Now, Yasser is a guy who's got incredible hair. I've taken many pictures of him. Really long, very thick black hair. Except now... It's white and gray and, I guess, shades of black, you know, and beyond, it's silver, it's silvery, and it is beautiful, and it's this thick mass, and I just 
could not get over. He's a very animated speaker when he's talking, um, which isn't a lot. But when he is, wow. And I was, I just, I mean, that was the highlight. And I'm sorry, I mean, I don't mean to diss uh, Suze or Ninja, but staring at Yasser's hairdo. Wow. You know, now the problem is I'm telling the story the day after and it just falls flat. Like, you know, this is ridiculous. But the thing is, I was with the talks. You are in the moment. I was so much in the moment. It's live theater. And I talk about this. Not everybody gets it. But I tell people in our lives, in our exchanges, at places like when we're doing uh, MMPR or PAB or whatever, and you engage with a group of people, you're playing a game, you're on stage, it's theater, everybody's playing a role, you're joking, you're laughing, you're smiling, you're interacting, it's ad-lib, it's, uh, what do you call it when you get up and, and do this? Improv, it's improv, it's going on. So when you're in the moment, everything is improv, because you don't know what's going to happen, and you, your inhibitors are sort of turned down, so you're going to jump out and say things, you know. Now, I did censor myself quite often, I was making jokes, and I was, no, wait a minute, that's going to interrupt the flow of conversation. It's going to direct it back to me. Ken, don't do that. Do not interrupt the flow of other people's conversation. So I'm learning. I'm learning because sometimes I do that. Sometimes I'm guilty. At this time I didn't, and I stopped myself on several. I thought of the lines. They're really funny. They were good lines. They would have got a laugh, but that's a cheap laugh, right? That's a cheap laugh. That's interrupting something else that's going on. So I didn't do that. Anyway... <laughs> All I wanted to say was, by golly gee, I mean, I do make a big fuss about Yasser, uh, and I shouldn't, you know, I can keep it in perspective, but it's just there's, there's, he's an interesting guy. He's, I, I'm, I gravitate towards the weird ones, and he's definitely in the category of weird one, and in a league of his own, you know. Uh, but he opened up a lot about it last night, about his, his need to travel, his need to always move, not to stay in one place. And gave a very open, interesting explanation to both Susan and I that was um, beyond what he normally shares. And, and that made it really special, too. Stayed for a couple of beers. So we all we all left at the same time. We all went our separate ways. He was biking. Susan was Ubering. I was back onto the uh, subway. Uh, but what a fine night. So I don't know. I guess that's all I wanted to get across. God damn, long live the only cafe. This is a place where you can gather your friends and have conversations. And it's just none other like it. It's not just a bar. It's a place to, to share, to hang out. And, and I really feel a strong connection. Like, this is such a part of my identity. Because that's like, that's my bar. That's my only cafe. When there was even talk about leaving that table because of the loss, I just, hey, no, we're not going anywhere. No, no. Well, this is, it was a celebration, a commemoration of the early days when we went there. Sue said, you've been coming here a long time? Said, I was here for my 50th birthday, sitting just up at that bar there. 50th birthday. I'm 74 now. And I got a history with the only cafe, boys and girls. So anyway, absolutely wonderful night to meet three people, to have good conversations, to engage, to engage, to engage, and to feel just a sense of joy. I I am allowing myself to be or putting myself to be. I don't know which is which is, but the role of of a a senior, uh, an elder. That's a better term, an elder. And I do have wisdom to share. 
And I love opportunities like that, and I love it when people actually ask questions and listen. And I do share. And uh, it made the day, I mean, to the point of, you know, I was very, very close to tears just for the, the happiness of us being together, like three strangers. How, how do we do it? How do we form these little things? And that, that was the subject of conversation, but we're out of time. Oh, we're way over time. I'm sorry. Um, I won't take out a song. I'll just leave this running over. But it, it, it was good. It was good. It was good. It was in the now. It was now. It was now. And now that I tell you about it, it falls a little flat. But you just got to keep doing those things. You just got to keep getting out there. And you just got to keep sharing with your friends. That really was the theme. Sharing with friends. That's okay. There's the title for the podcast. Sharing with friends. Scarborough Dude signing out from Thompson Park. Uh, by golly. Let's connect, eh?